Welcome to a Burden for the Times podcast. Three brothers that take on big topics in order to decipher what is bona fide truth, what is just bogus, and what is biblical. Join us as the Burden brothers have clarifying conversations about our current culture and race relations. And here is your host, Adrian Burden. Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Hey, we're going to go in and continue the conversation from last time about college and doing some tips and tools, and hopefully you'll find the conversation to be insightful and helpful. So we're going to go ahead and play this recording. Thank you so much for joining us. So we talk about all these educational jobs and how these things kind of really might be replaced here in the future, but so... How would then we improve just the college experience? Kind of, we, we talk about college. A lot of times, um, our audience sometimes are are younger or ones that have kids that are getting ready to go off to college. So let's do something that's helpful. I guess you know we've kind of pointed out some of the things that make sure you get the full picture before you go. Go with eyes wide open. And so, how would we, if we could talk big magic wand style, improve the college experience in your in your view, Anton? And then we'll kind of end off with some tips and tools and call today. So. So how would you improve the college experience? Um, I would say one of the biggest things is to make college less about hours taken and more about task mastery. Um, mm. I think there's a, there is okay. a large portion of college that is about showing up, which I understand has its validity. And again, I'm not minimizing that people obviously need to show up for things. But I think college has put a the crown achievement in college is being there and turning something in. <sighs> not true task mastery, which in real life, obviously we all know that's simply not the case. Um, yeah, task mastery is far more important than you being here every day, because at some point you, you also need to show that you um, have learned and achieved. I also think college places a large um, burden on, which I think this is true of elementary education as well on, as Aaron was saying, memorization um, as opposed to critical thinking. I, I think college is far more about, especially at that age, they are adults now. It is time for you to be the master of your own thoughts, um, understanding, being able to separate, as we go back to that absolute truth, um, both good from evil and the ideas of, you know, what is true and what is not, and being able to actually think through those on yourself. Because I would say colleges today do not do it, do not really even touch on really critical thinking exercises or learning how to, because I mean, what we do on this podcast, actually, like a lot of people know, obviously, we argue, debate a lot as a family. But that is honestly, if you're doing that in your mind, that is how you come up with the most truth to take an idea, challenge it with another idea. And that is something that colleges simply don't do. Ideas go completely unchallenged. And we're more interested on the memorization than the making sure a person knows when they leave here, how to be able to um, differentiate between information. So. Those are two things I think it's more important. I think that's solid advice. Um, I'm going to go next, Anton, Aaron, then I'm going to come on to you about how we can improve the college experience before we do the tips and tools. Um, I, I don't really, I can't speak a ton to the secular college world. Um, I'm just going to tell you from this, this is my observations of going on um, public college campuses, but I will speak to the private colleges in just a moment. Um, but I, I really feel that with the specifically state college, secular college, I think improving the college experience will be state funding that's more so emphasizes the retention of people than just enrolling people. It just seems that, you know, we kind of had this discussion during the foster care situation and stuff, um, you know, like sometimes to, to be present, um, 
means is, is to mean something because therefore funding is coming in if you get more heads and it's not necessarily the the don't want to judge the motive here but it just seems that we got a person here and therefore we got funding and it's not necessarily where that person is going is not necessarily maybe be the the strongest um focus as you kind of go into the future and so i think I, I, I go with Pensacola where we are. They did this program, right, where you had your fourth year free. I mean, tell you what, that's that's some incentive right there, right? So it encourages you that we want to see you go all the way through. Call it a marketing ploy, call it whatever you want, but you're you're banking on retention. And it does, in some ways, at least for optics-wise, it does then let a person view, like, we want to see you kind of go through, not just, hey, you're a body that's here because you got this scholarship and you're trying to see it through. So I would say from the state side, from the private school side, this is a tough one, um, but I, I want to make sure I say this correctly and with proper love and care and stuff is is making sure that there's honesty about the career path of where the person's going. Um, I understand in some degree as far as the idea that, you know, college students, especially in the private college sector, Christian college sector, that, you know, they need funds to be able to retain and pay their teachers. So obviously you need people to enroll. And then um, sometimes I believe it can be that people will levy or use Jesus as leverage to get that person into school. And it's like, well, didn't, didn't God tell you, didn't God say and different things. And it's, like some language could be clearly interpreted as you using God to do your recruiting instead of a person making a, de- a decision that this is where they believe the Lord would want them to be. And I do believe that's unhealthy. I And, and I think that if we just would be cautioned to use the influence that the Lord has given to us. I would say this as me as a preacher, you know, um, I would say that to be just a public speaker and to have a realm of influence with young, very, very vulnerable minds in some degree that I could convince them to do a lot of things. And I can use Jesus as my calling card to be able to make them do something I believe I can do. And I'm just saying, we just need to be careful of that. Like, and that means somebody would show there's a direct, clear path. You know, is this what you believe, Lawrence, you do? Here's a direct, clear path. Because um, sometimes I think that there's the, the bottom disgusting way of saying is I think there's some people that are getting degrees that are going to do absolutely no good whatsoever going into the future um, because at camp, the guy told them to do it. That's me being blunt about it. However, I just think that we just need to be cautious and upfront about what this path will look like going to the future and before them and God, they, they then make a decision. And we're going to come to you about improving the college experience. Before I do that, I feel so critical of saying that, but did y'all get the that? Y'all, y'all got what I'm trying to say there. I, I feel a little insecure about that. I understand oh, yeah. what you're saying. I okay. I hope you're just I not being yes, man. Usually you're not, but I just want to make sure lots it's, of people it's critical. That have done that. And now they're paying student loans for a degree that, yeah, it doesn't translate to much. Okay, just making sure making sure it's just communicated. So, Aaron, improving the college experience then. I'm going to say, and this is my struggle, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the caveat. I don't think I know enough about college to speak into the deep thing. So there will be definitely someone who's in the college area, and they'll be like, oh, no, that's wrong for this and this. So I'm going to be honest, I don't have the knowledge to speak to, mm-hmm. but I do believe that there has to be something in college that don't have the solution, but that we, just like Anton said, and like I said earlier, to change the way we think. Um, I think to come away with book knowledge 
again, it's great to have this book knowledge, but to not know how to, the wisdom to practically apply it is sometimes the biggest Achilles heel. So you have a guy who comes out and I'll use it from, I'll use it from my, my experience, right? The church experience. You've got a guy who comes out and he knows how to make a church budget, how to do all these um, academic things in the church, but he has no idea how to sit with someone at their hospital bed. <laughs> like he mm-hmm. has no idea how to do some of the more practical things. And so I think teaching people how to learn that, Hey, when you graduate, you're just getting started. Like you're just, this is not a, you have arrived because you have a degree, you have a degree. Now you're going to start to learn how to walk through your profession. And I think again, that piece for me is one of the big ones that I, and I don't have the solution, but it's one I believe I see a lot is that we have book knowledge and we have no idea how that translates into everyday life, except for, and I'll back up and even add this as I'm thinking through it, the number of, um, jobs and the number of careers that make you go through an internship or make you go to practical hands-on training, whether that's a nurse, whether that's a teacher, like, Hey, you're going to be in a classroom for this long. You're going to do these. Like, I know they do some of that kind of in ministry training, but like there has to be that moment where I have to learn, take book knowledge and apply it to actual life. Makes sense. And so improving this experience all along. And, and again, I think that the disclaimer goes and understands that I think we're pretty transparent about where our limitations lie. Um, and I try and I think we all do try to speak in a fashion of something that our, our viewpoint of looking in. You know, the referee has a way that he can see the game. The guy in the first row has a way he can see the game. The guy in the very top can see the game differently. You know, so we can all see how things are happening differently. And so I guess we all just the value of adding everybody's unique perspective, I think, is what definitely adds value to the entire conversation as a whole. So, yeah, no one's pretending to be a professional here. In fact, it'd be great. I think at some point as an educator, if you're an educator and you have a different viewpoint or even the same viewpoint that you want to put an exclamation part behind, look contact us. I mean, send an email. We would love to interview you and talk about this thing of education with us. Um, I, I would like to think that we would embrace the fact to be able to then, hey, let's learn one from another and that burden for, burden for the Times community. I mean, if we just want to be cantankerous and just angry, obviously we'll pass. But if we just want to discuss these things, to be able to figure out, you know, some different aspects of way to see it, I, I hope that we will be able to, we will and have that conversation. So let's end up this. Let's can end, can end I up say with one thing with uh, this. Oh, sure. regard, but I know this is uh, again, turning into a long thing, but I am going to say that I really disagree with that point of view to a certain extent. Oh boy. Because, well, I'm sorry. I'm not, I didn't think that I wasn't trying to be. Oh no, no, it's funny. You're good. <laughs> um, I, I, I do not agree that this thing is good. See, I think knowledge without wisdom is incredibly dangerous. Um, I have had the opportunity. I've gone to um, a Christian school, a community college, as well as a public university. Um, And I can say from all three perspectives, one thing that I've noticed is knowledge without wisdom. Um, You know, I'm not trying to like, again, we're all just being real here. When I went to PCC, I think origins class to me was one of the most dangerous. I said that when I was in the class, I thought it was one of the most dangerous classes in the world that I'd ever been in because it was a bunch of Christian kids who knew nothing about evolution pretending and playing like they did. Although they could not have a conversation of any, because that, that class had so little science in it that you could not actually have an actual debate with another non-Christian. Now you could all sit in that room and laugh at them, but 
you you couldn't actually have a scientific conversation. I've been to a community college and I can say the exact opposite space to where it's like it was a completely evolution, like again, another one sided discussion where they all just made light of the other side without any facts. Like you would raise your hand and ask a question that the other side would ask. And even the professor would look at you like, I don't really know the answer to that question. Consult page two of your textbook, you know, just something just so generic and like clearly you don't know. And that to me, we have a lot of people who have, quote, knowledge without wisdom. And to me, that is one of the most dangerous things, a man who thinks he's smart with no wisdom. Those are dangerous people, and there is a lot of them. And I think colleges kind of mm. just manufacture people who think they know a lot of things. But again, until you, I think that's kind of like the old saying, right? Like men who know a lot know they know nothing. Um, when you start talking to people who seem to know a lot, and college is full of people who just know 100% sure that the other side, like, again, when I hear someone say, how could someone believe you've already kind of lost me because I think that argument of that just self-assured, that would be ridiculous. And that's what a ridiculous person to believe evolution or a ridiculous person to believe the Bible. To me, those, those concepts are what college produces. And I, I know you keep saying, and I don't think you mean it in, in the way that it seems, but you keep saying that like people having knowledge is good, even if they don't have wisdom and see, I, I disagree. I would rather have a very ignorant man <laughs> with no wisdom than a very smart man with no wisdom, because that's a dangerous fellow. Hmm. I have uh, thoughts, but Aaron, do you have anything? I do. Like my whole growing up, learning the Bible is knowledge without wisdom, but I had the knowledge. So then when I was able to start developing the wisdom, I could grasp it. So there's a whole passage of scripture that I could quote that. I, so I have the knowledge of it. But I have no wisdom to apply it. But now as an adult, I'm like, boom, that's what Proverbs is saying. Boom, that's what Philippians was telling me. And so if I didn't have the knowledge, I couldn't grasp the wisdom. So at some point, I have to have some knowledge and have to like sit with it for a little bit. Even now as I read, like as a reader, like there's moments where I have knowledge and I have no, right now I'm reading through like generational books like dealing with the generations. I have a lot of knowledge about it, but I'm having to like stop and process to make it wisdom because I don't know. So I think there is, I understand what you're saying though on the extreme college does give the extreme because college does give a huge, um, give you a huge amount of knowledge to think you're way ahead of where you are. And like you said, makes you make some seriously irrational statements, but I do believe there is pretty much, we all have knowledge and, the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding is Proverbs uh, that there's a point where we have this knowledge, but wisdom comes after we sit with that nod for a little bit, or at least are helped to navigate it. Let me, let uh, me, can I'm a, sorry. kind of build a little bit on that real quick, Aaron, Anton, then you respond to that because I would even say a little echo with Aaron to some degree, but I do see where both of y'all are coming from. Um, but the fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. So therefore the bedrock of absolute truth has to be existent. You don't have to be a Bible believer. When I say well, Bible, you don't have to be a Christian, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the fear of the Lord is the idea that that God exists. He is their creator. He is sovereign. Like there's a fear of the Lord. Like God exists. Like that bedrock of absolute truth has to be before wisdom can be even initiated. And so I, I would say that 
you know, in either in either case, I, I see what you're saying about Christians. I think I would call that something different. I would call that a person that's being a scorner, a mocker, or anything like that, or not being using their wisdom properly. But all in all, knowledge being acquired, you know, obviously knowledge puffeth up. That's obviously the the reality that can help. I mean, that that does is the temptation that is there, just like riches or anything out of that. The temptation is there to stray from the Lord, but not in itself is inherently something to be wrong to be able to acquire and to build up. Does, does that make sense, Anton? I don't know if that even... It does. I, I would disagree. Um, okay. I would say when you say that, just like Aaron, when we've always talked about PC. Whenever we have, I've always made the comment that the Bible is something you're going to take everywhere you go. Now, if you're going to go to Proverbs 9.10, which is actually a verse I have written on the wall, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, which is what you were describing, Aaron. The knowledge. See, getting the knowledge of God is far different than just getting knowledge. The Bible does not speak highly of simply giving someone knowledge. It speaks highly of giving the knowledge of God. So what you're describing, I agree with. Getting an, a Bible education, uh, Bible knowledge, is always going to be useful. That is the beginning okay. of everything. Now, if you're going to say just random worldly knowledge, no, it's not wise thinking teach a bad man how to build a bomb. That's dumb. We all know that's dumb. To me, that's what we're doing in colleges. We're giving people enough knowledge to harm themselves. Now, again, if you want to go to the absolute truth, which I think it should be the foundation of education, by all means, of course, give them all biblical truth you can. And we hope, again, the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We hope that understanding will bring wisdom in the future. I believe that 110%. But if you're going to talk about just giving people worldly knowledge as a good thing without wisdom, I I see no biblical basis for that. I see no social basis for that. It's dangerous. And, and that's what it's produced is dangerous people. Well, I could even just, I mean, Aaron, you can have, add yours, but I think I'm kind of, I see I see where both of y'all are coming from. I think it just, you'll just be adding more to your side and Anton to his side. Um, but I think that we can all agree though, that the improving the college experience was the initial question that, <laughs> without the gospel, like without the gospel base, I mean, isn't that not the solution to all that? Because you're you're saying, well, how can we then give um, knowledge to these um, people that are not fearing the Lord, essentially? Um, and so the only way then for that pendulum then to switch is there to be a belief in absolute truth. And that truth is only the transform transformative truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that can then change a heart and change a life, then that a person fears the Lord, that then they can be able to change the knowledge and turn to over to wisdom. And so I would say that and what Anton's saying is I, I see what it because in my mind I see it, yeah, he's right. So you're giving tools to somebody to use it for devices for evil. Not cool, right? But the only way to then change those tools around is to have somebody who has their heart changed by the, if it weren't for the grace of God in my life, the Lord changed my heart and salvation that, that now I'm trying to seek after him and be somebody then that's then trying to use the tools that the knowledge of giving me given to me then to be able to use it for God's glory. So definitely see where you're coming from. Aaron, do you have anything to add before we finish up the tips and tools? Man, these have really been expanding. These have been some good questions that we've been talking about today, all from the same point of education, how important it is. But anything, anything you want to add, Aaron, before we close up? I don't really. I see, Anton, I do see where you're at. I would be of the belief that um, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom build on each other. And so I believe there has to be a level of knowledge before you get to wisdom. But I understand what you're saying about giving the bad guy um, the opportunity to 
build a bomb, but I'm just saying at some point, if I don't have the knowledge, I cannot be, my life cannot be impacted in that which I do not know. And so there has to be at least some kind of knowledge to build too. But I think we're, we're looking at the same thing just at a slightly different angle. So I see what you're saying, but I still feel like there's a, there's a knowledge, there's a level of knowledge that I don't know this yet, or I'm starting to know this now, as soon as I know it, the seed has been planted for wisdom to grow. Mm, Makes sense. All right. Well, I think with all those different things about the wisdom and knowledge, and I've been doing a study of Proverbs. So, man, actually, I could really dive into this conversation even more and more as we're kind of going through it. Um, But um, let's go ahead with the tips and tools. And then um, I think we'll call today. I I, I throw out my tool. Um, I was giving the instruction about how to improve the college experience about college students and those making those decisions, really thinking about and not using those who are speakers and influencers to make sure that we're not using the Lord as a calling card to do something that we would desire somebody to do. Um, I really appreciate the book, Just Do Something by DeYoung. I really think that he does a really good job. I, You know, it seems like you might look, read the book and say it's a little bit of an extreme uh, view of the will of God, but I do think that it combats a lot of the tension that I find happens in certain circles of whether, I guess the premise of the book basically would be a lot of people make the statements like, God told me to go to this college. God told me this. We have to come to an agreement that either the canon of scripture is closed or it's not. Like, I mean, did God tell you to do something? Like, you might feel the Lord wants you to do something. You might feel that you, you are directed by the Lord. But God told me, God said, these are some strong statements that I don't believe unless you're, you know, unless you believe the continuing revelation of the word of God, then I don't really believe these statements we can say. And it tells us how to apply wisdom to our natural everyday lives And sometimes we can over-spiritualize some of these decisions and we're not doing ourselves any favors. And I think it's a really great read, especially those in the college world, um, as far as the discussion about it. We've discussed a lot about wisdom, understanding, and knowledge because, I mean, the book of Proverbs says that, man, she's built her house. She has told you to come on in. She says the pride aren't welcome. The most are prideful aren't welcome. Those who are arrogant aren't welcome. Those, If you want discernment, you you want all of these things, you are invited to my home. So God wants us to have wisdom, obviously, if we pass the parameters of fearing the Lord and wanting and doing and directed by his will. So these are some really good principles I found in the book. So that's my tip. Um, the Young's book, put in the show notes, um, just do something. Uh, Aaron, you have a tip or a tool or anything like that um, before we close out? Um, I was trying to go through, think through. I will put the plus one on yours Okay. Um, because That's I actually have, I have a couple copies on my desk. I ordered, now that I'm pastoring young adults really uh, in That's my cool. current role, like I ordered a copy and I've been giving them out like candy. Like this Good. is like, hey, let's go have coffee. And I'm like- Hey, I think this will be covered in your book. So I'll give the um, plus one. That's cool. um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. I have other books that I wanted to, but I think, I think I'm going to just put a plus one on yours. Yeah, that sounds good. Anton, anything? Um, I was going to say, I, I think I've recommended it before. Um, but first, can I just say something really quick? Because sure. to me, the thing about that we were talking about in Proverbs is about uh, 9, 10, uh, that second part of that verse and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The reason that I think, uh, which I, I can tell that I got a little excited there. But the reason that that verse always, I don't, burdened, again, I don't know why I use that word so often. But the reason that always uh, really gave an emotional impact for me is because for me, that is what education is. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One is what true education is about, whether that be Bible, math. I think, again, we've kind of taken education outside of a religious sense. 
but God made math. The reason these things work, the reason we can build these structures is because God gave us a world in which it was possible for us to know, understand, learn. And I think when we're teaching people, you know, in elementary years, you're teaching your kids, when you're teaching people these principles, they are part of part of the Holy One. They really are. Like, this is, again, you are learning science and math. That's what nature is. That's what all these things are. As the Bible says, like the earth cries out. Like that. that's what you're learning. So to me, when um, I think people separate the knowledge of the Holy One into a purely, I read my Bible this morning since, and I just think it's, it's so broad. Um, the book that I want to uh, bring up is, like I said, I mentioned it in the past, is Brainwashed by Ben Shapiro. Now, Ben Shapiro is incredibly partisan. I'll go ahead and say that. But I think the book has a lot of good information because I think a lot of us who grew up in a very um, conservative Christian college perspective do not actually know. Um, If you've never attended a secular college, uh, know people who did, close people who did. Um, You may not know all the things that are going on in secular colleges. And I think that it's it's both eye opening and puts you in a position to better understand uh, what Hmm. is happening at some of these universities. Well, that sounds great. Um, like the, I like the tip and the tools. So, all right. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground in this one, and I think this has been a great conversation. And if you want to join the conversation, if you have input within it, I appreciate the feedback that we've gotten. In fact, the education series really has um, been bringing in a lot of different people to be able to say, hey, look, this want to just give this perspective or this, whatever, or add that. So very much appreciative of all those who have been, you know, just sending stuff in and just kind of adding to the conversation. We appreciate it. Um, and so if you do want to contact us at burdenforthetimes at gmail.com, check us out on the website as well, burdenforthetimes.com. And uh, we thank you so much, all that join us from week to week. And uh, we look forward to you joining us next time. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Stay connected by looking for A Burden for the Times on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email us at aburdenforthetimes at gmail.com. Thanks again for being part of the A Burden for the Times community. And we look forward to you joining us next time.